0: What? Come on. Go. Get rid of your video. Just in case. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Writers Drinking Coffee. This is a podcast of a bunch of writers who sit around, drink, and talk about writing, publishing, and the whole creative process. We do not censor ourselves, so consider us PG-13. Today, your hosts are John Schmidt, David Welsh, and me, Jeannie Warner. This is episode 103, Tropes and Perspectives.
1: Uh, 104, I think you'll find
0: this is episode 104, Tropes and Perspectives. Is it really?
2: I think so. It is. At uh, least our perspective on it is that 103 was la, di- uh, el, I don't know, la diasporica.
0: Diasporica, yes. Uh, yes. Esporica. But... That was fascinating. But tropes are Cool.
2: What are tropes? Give me a clue here. Are they like potatoes, 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 tropes? The
1: short definition is they are cliches. And the reason this came up was I was doing another writing project and I found um, a website called TV Tropes, which is um, just delightful. It is a, um, it's not scholarly. But it's um, very thorough, and it uh, discusses just kind of all the all the cliches and um, recurring themes that you see on TV and uh, in, in TV shows, I'm and, and in them. genres of TV's shows and movies. And um, uh, they even have rules for naming tropes. I mean, it, it gets a little. Uh, it gets a little complicated, but um, at its at its base, it's just a really delightful database of of um, of tropes of cliches.
0: It is. I, I really loved it. Just starting to remember hmm. a different discussion we'd had in another episode of whether you use a real setting or a fake setting. For instance, Gotham City is kind of Chicago, but kind of not I Chicago. It was kind
1: of New York, wasn't it?
2: No, no. It It was kind of Philadelphia, maybe, but it was never Metro City. But let's go back to the definition of tropes for a second. Let's go back to the definition of trope for a Uh second. Because Uh my definition of trope is that the phrases that you add to medieval music when you're singing it, as in ad hoc, which is not at all the reality here. A trope is a storytelling device or convention, an expected situation that the audience will know. So Great.
1: you and, and, it, and it is that expectation that makes it a cliche often if not usually. And so
2: TV trope started just in TV oh. and now covers everything hmm. or does it?
0: Well, originally it was the Greek tropis, which was to turn a direction. So like to say let's stop and smell the roses is a trope which means something in particular we are going off the path, we are doing something different. It moves the text from literal to figurative. We're not actually stopping. I'm not going to see a man about a horse. I'm just going to see a man about a horse.
1: Hmm. So <laughs> y- another definition is a uh, 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 metaphor, essentially.
0: A theme, a device, a metaphor. I, it takes us kind of back to cliche, but there's power in cliches. So
2: It is the same power that fuels stories, the power of narrative expectation. Ooh. And, or, as Terry Pratchett says, the thread out of the universe that forces you to follow the way the universe must be. Except he didn't actually say that. He just showed us because he's better than that.
0: Exactly. Right. Um, I find also that you there's so many tropes that we've flung around. We've talked about a few of them, like the frustrating trope of let's fridge the girl so that the male protagonist suddenly has meaning to go fight the bad guys. Or in John mm-hmm. Wick's case, let's just kill his dog
1: right so so this is a good example of the sort of thing that is on tv tropes i mean if you looked up fridge it's probably i i don't know but it's probably in there right so this is this would be you know under the definition of fridge would be what uh the killing off a a character that's important to the protagonist in order to motivate the plot or
0: whatever whatever that is right Exactly. exactly if you
2: look it up there are three main types of fridge Fridge brilliance, when you realize that something didn't make first actually makes perfect sense once you remember certain details. Fridge horror, when something becomes terrifying after thinking about it too much or getting older and realizing how just how freaky it was. And fridge logic, when you realize that something weird not during the show, but sometime after it ends. So it's actually fridging a character. Oh, please don't list on this works page as a trope. I don't understand TV tropes, but anyway, (laughs) it's not there.
0: It, oh. it basically was fridging, or as the way I look at it is women in refrigerators. It's shorthand for the a very sexist trope that started, basically, 1994 Green Lantern comic. Hero returns home to find his nemesis, Captain Hammer, I mean, major force, has murdered his girlfriend and stuffed her into, corpse into a fridge. Oh, so,
1: okay. That so was kind of...
0: Oh, that ahead, that sorry. became a motivating force for mm-hmm. the whole thing it's like i have killed your your everything look at the punisher yeah. why did well, he go back and start killing everybody well right. we fridged his family
1: look at james bond yeah it's it's, it's almost a i mean that one of the things about tropes is they can become ridiculous right so the it's it has it, become ridiculous in the in the james bond and the 007 franchise that uh, anybody he sleeps with winds up dead um, except at the end of the movie, right? Yeah, so.
0: fridging was actually a term that was coined by the writer Gail Simone, who wrote about it and talked about women in refrigerators trope, <laughs> explained. Okay. So she has a lovely essay on the topic of like, why do we have to do that? Why do I have to, in order for you to show real human emotion and have motivation to get off your ass and go hurt bad people, I have to take your girlfriend and stuff her in a deep freeze. Mm-hmm.
2: And it leads to two wonderful side looks: The dead man defrosting thing, as noted, which says that, well, you know, sometimes they kill heroes and, and that in, that gets the other heroes going. But, yeah, you follow the comics or any of the movies and those heroes come back pretty good. When uh, But if they happen to be a female, they tend to come back damaged. And that's a, a very, very supportable, sort bleh, supportable thing.
0: This is why I loved Captain Marvel, for instance, that Brie Larson wasn't avenging anybody. She wasn't um, necessarily defending anybody in particular. She basically was standing up for herself, and that is motivation enough. So I kind of liked that about her.
2: And, yeah. that, and that's why many women saw the movie as much better than um, many men did because they saw that deeper motivation another case i believe i could be wrong here was the movie jupiter ascending which was a visual feast but also the heroine is not motivated by them killing her family she's motivated later on by the love of her family and after she is queen of the universe or whatever she's made i'm sorry i'm not that that clear on it she goes back and she scrubs toilets and everyone's like but she's a queen why she do? no she's partaking in part of being of her family.
0: There's also the if you're going to be immortal and you know you're going to be immortal, why not go to that boring backyard barbecue and hang out with your mortal family that aren't going to be around for much longer. So I I think it's a good reason that we should all go and hang out in the backyard with our families more often.
2: Oh God.
0: If you well, have family you you like to anticipating
1: being immortal because
0: uh you're not? Uh...
2: Trope, trope. <laughs> I'm going to be a lizard. That's my favorite immortality from the Greeks. But I also well, want to talk about. Uh, go, sorry, go uh, ahead. I was
0: going to say that's you know, I am a lead character. I am the protagonist of my story, so I might die dramatically, but I cannot, under any circumstances, stay dead because I'm the main protagonist. So you unfortunately- are not
2: only the protagonist in your story; you're the queen of the universe
0: in exactly. your story. Exactly. So I mean, those if, if, of us
2: with less inflated self-esteem Right. Be polite about it do not quite have that which is why I'm going to go out like the original immortal and be a lizard because man flies rock when you're a lizard and an immortal lizard gets all the tail because he'll grow a new one it breaks off enough with the stupid jokes though
0: no I was thinking you know think of how the many deaths of Buffy or the many deaths of supernatural like okay we're gonna die but we can bring him back and after a while the I feel in a lot of them the dramatic oh my gosh they're dead is lessened somewhat. Right. It just exactly, to- because exactly
1: it's, because it's it's another trope. It's the uh, you know I I don't know what they call it on TV tropes but I'm certain it's there. The you know they, oh we've we've killed this character off but um, you know it was popular and the fans want him back so we have to write him back into the story somehow and um, how ridiculously we do that kind of
0: depends We're- on. Or it becomes harder, for instance, you say, I've created, I've got a resurrection box. So I'm just going to put you in the resurrection box again, because I have killed you 52 times now, and it's been good for me. And I want to do it one more time. The problem is, if I haven't used the resurrection box in a few episodes, and then John dies, and we all stand around warning him and I cry a little bit, some right-thinking fan should be writing in and bitching and saying, What the hell happened to your resurrection box? And why didn't you put John in it? Why did only Dave get the resurrection box?
2: Because John dies at the end. And we all know that, by the way, the TV trope rule is the first law of resurrection. And shout out to John dies at the end. Hey, you're a great writer. I cannot finish that book because my name is John.
0: It's David Wong, and it's magnificent. And And it's full of spiders, too. And he's
2: got another book. And oh, my God, fantastic writer. We need more writers like him. I'm still not going to read any of them. Um, Oh, my God, great writer. Anyway.
0: you know, all,
1: death. It's okay. It's complicated. I, I'm
0: not there a fanboy. Are, there like... are means to undo death. Like, do we all remember that Superman decided that if he flies around the Earth, I'm sorry, the one true original Superman, flies around the Earth backward enough, uh, that will but, reverse the spin. and which,
1: which will somehow reverse time. Yes. Rather was... than
0: destroying the Earth and everything on it. I mean, just saying. Mm-hmm. Because clearly, he did not get physics up there in the Forest of Solitude. Fortress. Yeah. Fortress of Solitude.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so th- that's another, um, what was I going to say? Oh, the, a- another point was that there are um, clusters of related tropes on TV tropes. And th- that's kind of amusing too. There's also a, there's a, uh, at the end of each one, there's a kind of a, you know, see also section. So, um, you know, in addition to the ridiculous resurrection trope, um, you'll also get, um, you know every everything related to it, like
2: uh um, death tropes, resurrection yeah. tropes, <laughs> box tropes, if you're a cat because that
1: well and, and variations box. on it right so yeah well, short cat tropes
0: the quest to bring you back to life could be fun. I mean, if you don't just have an easy yeah. resurrection box, then mm-hmm. I have to do something like or, I hit the end of Sabrina, and they're like she's dead, and it was very satisfying. I'm like, but what about the place that we just resurrected Durant over and over again, why is nobody thinking about it? But that yeah. brings us to the idiot ball briefly.
2: So. Oh, oh, you cannot be brief on the idiot ball. You must explain again the idiot ball.
0: Uh, the Before idiot- you do
1: that though, <laughs> that um, another, um, another an example of a, a trope that is related but not directly to um, the, the resurrection thing is um, uh, bringing the actor back instead of the Instead of the character, right? So this happens a lot on soap operas, for example, where the the uh, the character dies and their their twin brother shows up or whatever. Um, yeah. so, but that would that would be you know kind of noted as a related but different trope in uh, TV tropes.
0: Uh, apparently, it was Hank Azaria whom, if I didn't lump enough, I would love for this would ask the writing staff who's carrying the idiot ball this week, which means. Who's acting out of character or misunderstanding something to be cleared up by asking a single reasonable question or performing a simple action that would solve everything for everybody that has ever yelled at their book and thrown it across the room or had to turn off a TV set and walk away. This one is very big for me. <laughs> Seriously. Mm-hmm. Yep. Excuse me. Did you mean to insult me such that I must declare Lee and kill you for my honor to be avenged? You know? oh no i'm sorry i mispronounced i meant blithe not bully
1: (laughs) yeah the the one that springs to mind for me uh in the idiot ball arena is the episode of firefly where um uh, mal's war buddy the young uh, guy comes back and he's got somebody others somebody else's internal organs right and mal basically has a plan to um to uh um get rid of the the guys that are chasing him and trying to kill him and harvest the organs back and whatnot but it doesn't tell the kid and it leads to a misunderstanding that basically cost the kid his life so uh, we've
0: we've been over it a few times i mean there's the you are you are two different gentlemen let me ask you this question straight up mm-hmm. do you believe that if uncounted numbers of bad guy agents are coming for you whatever you do don't tell your family or romantic partner about them because Well, they'll just try to defend you and then they'll die Uh as opposed Um, to, wow, they're all just going to find you and kill you anyway, because that'll lure you back. Right. Because vengeance, because then, you know, you're John Wick again.
1: Well, is this a a question about how how I would write a narrative or how I would?
0: uh, um... Uh, I'm just looking as two different opinions on the topic of it. It's like so. So, John, people are trying to kill you. The first question I have is, would you go hang out with your mom? And two, would you tell your mom that? Oh, by the way, there's about thirty ninjas are going to uh, drop in any time now and try to kill me.
2: I go by the rule of A, conform to consent, and B, all of my family are badasses, so they would all get told. Because there's nothing worse than a relative forgetting to tell you, oh yeah, the picnic's vegan. So don't bring 40 pounds of meat this time, which is never the case in my family.
0: I'm loving the equation of people are trying to kill me with, by the way, I have a nut allergy. I'll swell up like a balloon and die. I think it's beautiful. These Um, are things you tell people.
2: The uh, the thing is, it's whether you place the responsibility because, of course, mom is going to say, well, are you wearing a warm sweater in case you have to go out to the Arctic to avoid them? And please be sure you have clean underwear on. So if they do get you at least there's that dear and depends on your mom i mean like jeannie i know that your mom would want a good picture of them so she could paint their faces on things and then ask why you didn't just kill them because she has that kind of faith
0: yeah fair enough
2: or she might call your aunt but that's another story
1: i'm gonna have to go with context is important here um, yeah it, it depends would would informing my family endanger them further or um,
0: well allow them
1: to become prepared or i mean so it just off. depends right um <laughs>
0: By Under normal
1: circumstances, everything else being equal, um, I would tell the authorities first, but, you know.
2: Well, well let's me. assume, you know, so one can argue these things endlessly, yeah. uh-huh. and we don't need to. Uh, let's assume it's, that's called fandom. <laughs> which, wow, thank you for the t-ball question. That leads me to my next thing. Tropes are interesting in that we are now in a newer era where fandom is rewriting tropes. And you can Mm -hmm. see it on the various modes where uh, Pride and Prejudice as a trope is taken back over. And there's a debate about Lord fathering hay. And so fans are, first of all, so much more involved in these things. No one is a passive consumer anymore. Certainly no one younger. And now you have the tools, and as Jeannie might encourage you, the will to write and make it different and better. Why is the Kraken attacking the boat? Maybe it's just putting a, a tentacle up so you can remove a splinter of a mast from it. Why it becomes a big thing. Aren't Kraken cute?
0: They are. And if we go back to the, the idiot baller talking, I am very frustrated with how many people give it to the evil bad guys. I mean, most idiot bad guys end up in prison very quickly. As, as Ocean's Eleven said, most people lack vision. Everybody in cell block B... Yes, that's true. But if you've set it up and if Dave is the cunning, twisted necromancer that I've been fighting for the past three time streams back and forth, for him to suddenly uh-huh. be an idiot after being a successful necromancer and surviving thousands of years, he didn't survive thousands of years by monologuing at me or.
2: <laughs> no, well. he's very careful about tasting his coffee, though, I know. Um, yes, but. Now we have the trope of, of the fatal hubristic blind spot. Yes.
1: Right. So but, I wanna... uh, to Jeannie's point, that blind spot over the course of, if I have indeed lived thousands of years, I'm, I'm sure that blind spot has been exposed more than once. So
2: I'm going to disagree because there's a number of, wow, that was a bad thing to do. Sorry. I'm going to disagree because there's a number of, differently abled things that only have been exposed relatively recently as society changes if your blind spot in particular is that you don't think computer security means much because what can electrons do you're screwed these days but 20 years ago you were still okay and a thousand years ago my god security was a sharper knife and maybe not sleeping so much
1: okay well the times there are changing that's probably a trope
0: but they do have a smart ball trope out there too.
2: Okay, so tell me. Tell me.
0: It's uh, I'm going to become knowledgeable about some trivia, punchline, clue, or a foolproof solution. Uh, like, Pain I kick. Yeah, and I think if it's okay with you that it's like I'm going to no pull defend. the perfect thing right out of my ass, and it's all going to work. Which can be fun. I mean, there's a lot of YA that's, do you have a plan? I don't got a plan. Ah, the usual, as we, as we charge in and somehow right. don't die again. Mm-hmm. So the smart ball can be a cunning plan that's absolutely going to work, but it can be the ass pull, I mean, whatever it is coming right out of it. it. can be a little bit deus ex machina, go back to the Middle Ages. Yeah, that makes for poor
1: way? stories, though.
0: Get them out.
2: I think- uh, only in Greek tragedy where it was an actual physical thing. Yeah. Smartball, I love it. And they even have a good example if one goes to tvdropes.org, which is the site we are discussing. We are. Although, I'm going to say something. It is Pride Month. Somebody needs to get to work on pride tropes. Mm. And I'm just going to leave it at that, because the only <laughs> trope they have is that is pride is one of the seven deadly sins.
0: I, I would add that I think there have been many characters representing pride that have been given the snarkball.
2: The snark well, ball is very common. Yes, are right?
1: there are a number of cliches um, associated with gay culture. So you can't say there aren't pride tropes. But...
0: Aye. Aye.
2: Aye. And this is once again where we have culture changing and we need mm-hmm. to have this documented to some degree. But right. I am not, I am an, how to say this, I was asked today, I'm an inactive part of gay culture. I can be mistaken for a bear on a bad night or a Tuesday in many places, but I'm not really part of the gay culture.
1: Right. Well, I would I would posit that there are more negative uh, gay TV tropes than there are positive ones, just because we're hopefully only, I mean, not
2: what I'm trying to say here, we're, we're now reaching a point that. where...
1: We're we're emerging from that. Yes. Very good way to put it. From the
2: heterosexual patriarchy where being gay doesn't get you girls. So it's a bad thing to
1: be. It gets you hurt or killed is what it gets you. But I mean, um, I mean, start with gay panic and you can you can open a can of worms on TV tropes that'll lead you for hours. I'm sure
0: some of these tropes have led to problems in everyday America, like the all gays are promiscuous when I can be a complete slut. And I certainly was for before I got married. And sleep with a hundred guys and maybe, you know, I was drunk. Did I use a condom every time? I don't know. And go with my male friend who's gay and been in a committed, loving relationship for the past 10 years. And they'll let me donate blood and not him. What the hell?
2: Uh, Okay. (laughs) Let's drop that one because I've already had this argument five times in the last two years. Oh, fair enough. And that's all about the fucking lawsuits, right? Drive on. That's lawsuits.
0: But there's... I I disliked, there was a Disney trope that went by on Disney Afternoon TV that bugged me. And this was one that I brought my friend in and said, I don't think the kids should watch the Disney Channel anymore. And it was because all smart people are nerds, are geeks, and will never be popular and certainly don't have any romantic love interests. And I just want to say, screw you, Disney. Yes, we do. (laughs) Right. So tropes. Yeah, they're useful, but I think it is useful to stop and think about before I do this as a device. Maybe go out there and look at tvtropes.org and do a search on a few word terms and say, am I using something that I should think about before I do this? What is this character like? Well, if- right it, it it gets
1: back to something that I've uh, one of my tropes well maybe not a trope one of my uh, recurring themes which is it's just it can be an example of just laziness lazy writing right yeah. um you can use tropes to good effect um in comedy or um in some cases just to get to the meat of a story that you don't want to that you you want you want to be able to use shorthand in some cases it makes it makes uh um Focus on other things possible, but um, but if you're just if you're if you're just pulling them out um, as the first thing that comes to hand when you're trying to write a particular um, a particular story, then it, it's lazy.
0: It is, and I think you know, look up some evil mastermind tropes in there and say, is my hero doing anything that a comic book evil guy would do? maybe that's not what I want. Do I want a smart bad guy or do I want a stupid bad guy that succeeded? And there was only one thing that as I was talking about comic books and Batman come up, I'd like to pose this one for you. What if Batman, instead of spending all those money on invention, inventions and gadgets, et cetera, hear me out. What if he had just bought a couple of senators and representatives? Could we have cut down crime a different way?
1: Well, he could easily have uh, uh, had the mayor and the police c- commissioner in his pocket and in fact it's arguable that he did anyway i
0: could say that there's every chance that he did i mean gordon certainly won a lot of elections
2: if he really wanted to cut down in crime he should have formed a crime syndicate and eliminated all the other ones and then done worker reform with his crime syndicate because all those sex workers really could use the pressure off of them but yeah batman probably could have run a few charitable foundations and tony stark really should have stopped making weapons and gone after that power thing a little earlier perhaps
0: yeah yeah well we will put links to both of the characters that we talked about and uh, the tropes in it on our website which is www.ridersdrinkingcoffee.com you've been listening to Riders Drinking Coffee a labor of love and enthusiasm put together by the hosts our main web support magic is brought to you by Deirdre Schween and our sound engineer and backup web spider is David Welsh our intro music is Pretty Made, no and a Cow, and our exit music is Breakfast with the Morning Person, both by Michael Langberg. Our sponsors are The Bean Scene in Sunnyvale, Maggot's Farm Distillery in Pittsburgh, whether they know it or not, and Jackal Designs, who's enabled you all to buy a cool 100th episode t-shirt. And hey, thanks for listening out there.